All right. What is up, guys? Hope that you're having a good day. Welcome back. We got another day to talk about football. There has been a lot, like a lot, going on since this last recording. So I've got a bit of catching up to do. In fact, I think I'm basically going to post just like two back-to-back, just a couple days apart, because there's so much I want to go over today. Tried to record this a couple days ago, really didn't like it, and then a whole lot more happened, so I got a bunch of catching up to do. So, first off, thank you for listening. Appreciate all of you. We've had over 160 downloads so far, and it's exciting. We're getting like 15 to 20 downloads every episode, so I appreciate every single one of you. Keep being you. I hope you're enjoying. Subscribe, share it, tell a friend, all that good stuff. So, lots of news. First thing is the Julio Jones trade. So I am sure you've heard by now. I'm a little behind the curveball, uh, considering this is like three or four days after it happened. But Julio Jones was traded. The Falcons ended up trading him to the Titans. They got a the Titans traded a second rounder next year and then a fourth rounder the year after that to get Julio. Uh, they are going to take on his entire contract. So that ends up costing. Oh, yeah, and they got a sixth rounder back as well. So, you know, they always just kind of throw that one random late round pick in there to make things kind of go through. Anyways, it sounds like the Niners were in on the talks, but you know how it is. The Niners, they just kind of kick every rock, see what's out there. It sounds like it was never really anything too serious as far as a serious offer was never given. At least that's what the reports are. So... Yeah, there we go. Julio Jones, he's now with the Titans, so he will not be playing with the Niners, but he will be playing against the Niners. We now have to face Julio on December 23rd, so that Thursday night football game that we have uh, late on in the season. We'll be going to Tennessee to face the Titans with A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry, led by Ryan Tannehill. So, That makes that game a lot more interesting. The good news is he's not in the NFC West, so we only have to play him once this year. And considering how often we play the Titans, we probably, we might not even have to play him ever again. We'll see. So, yeah, not the worst thing in the world. Shanahan did say the second best option was him ending up in the AFC. There you go. And I know there were some rumors going around that potentially a first round pick was an offer. It wasn't. It wasn't. Because if it was a first, if the first round pick was a serious offer, then they would have traded him for a first round pick. Since they got a two and a four, we know that it it wasn't a first, obviously, because would you rather take a two and a four or a one? You take a one. That's Julio. Next thing is a little bit of bad news. So the bad news is the 49ers on Monday at practice had two very bad injuries. The only good news is that they were not the starters. So safety Tarverius Moore going into his fourth year contract year backup safety. This was kind of his chance to have a breakout contract season. Unfortunately, he tears his Achilles. Uh, His Achilles ruptured on Monday It sounds like he was just on air, you know, just doing a backpedal. And then he started to make a break and just pow, just popped. So 
It really sucks. He's most likely out for the entire season. I realize it's only June, but usually Achilles is like a year-long recovery process. So, yeah, it sucks. Again, if one of the safeties, starting safeties went down, he was probably going to be the first guy up. So, next man up. Sucks for the safety depth. Second person, offensive tackle Justin School. He has been a legitimate contributor. He's played, I think he's played and started 12 games over the last two seasons. He tore his ACL. They happened almost right after each other, but school, they were doing some pass blocking stuff. And apparently his knee just buckled and gave out. So again, really sucks. Season ending injury. The only good news is that it was a backup. So at the very least, it wasn't one of our starters out for the season. So it really sucks. Uh, these guys, they're not immediate contributors, but they were the next man up, most likely, for either one of the starting safety positions or for one of the starting tackles. So we're down a little depth. It's unfortunate. They're both out for the year. One thing I was thinking about is it really sucks for the young players who have injuries on a rookie contract. Because if you have a serious injury on your rookie contract, Tarverius Moore is most likely not going to get nearly the contract next year in free agency as he would if he had stayed healthy and played well. And I think that probably happens to a lot of players on their rookie contract is if you have an injury or two during your rookie contract, that could literally cost you millions and millions of dollars throughout your NFL career. You might never get a second chance. I remember hearing this crazy stat that the average NFL career is two and a half years. And, you know, this, I don't think it's the last that we've seen of Tarverius Moore. He's very talented and he is an extremely gifted and elite level athlete. But it's probably the last we see of him with the Niners. And this injury is probably going to cost him millions and millions of dollars in the long run throughout his NFL career. So I wish him the best. I hope for a very fast and 100% recovery for both of them. But that is the nature of life is sometimes shit happens and you end up with a bad injury and it takes its toll. So that was the bad, bad news. Um, what happened because of that is the other more interesting and kind of urgent news is that this happened on Monday. They finished practice Monday they announced the injuries after practice uh, to the media. And then they also announced that they were going to be canceling practice on Tuesday. Tuesday was supposed to be one of the media practices where the media members would get a chance to go out and watch a practice, which is always fun. And then they were going to have a media day after that practice. But they announced like a half hour or an hour before practice on Tuesday that they were canceling practice. So they canceled practice on Tuesday and then they came out and said that they were canceling practice on Wednesday and they were canceling the media for Tuesday, but they were going to on Wednesday, which is when we're recording this or no, I'm recording Thursday, my mistake, <laughs> but they did announce that the next day they were going to hold a media press conference with Kyle Shanahan making an appearance as well as the offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniels. So a whole bunch of stuff got canceled. Uh, and on top of that, they also canceled mandatory minicamp next week. So yeah, we're done. We're done. There is 
no more practices or media or anything for a month and a half. I think the players report around July 27th, which means that we have about six weeks to just kind of sit here and stew and talk about a bunch of things and mull over things in our minds without any actual new content. So yeah, not to say that there's not a lot of things to talk about because there will be, and I'm very excited about some of the things that we have coming up. But it just means that it's going to be kind of like a dead a dead time for about the next six weeks until players start showing up to training camp. So that's the big news. Julio gets traded to the Titans. Tarverius Moore, Justin School out with season-ending injuries. And everything is canceled and done with. And now we have to wait a month and a half until training camp. <sighs> All right. So... Yeah, super exciting. It's kind of a downer. Uh, one of the reasons why I, I actually re-recorded this, I just, I recorded this two days ago and I was just kind of bummed out and it was a little bit depressing hearing all this news. And I just didn't think that I had a good recording and I was like, you know what, scrap that. I don't even want to edit it. It sounds like trash. We'll do it again. We're doing it again. So let's catch up on all the other news and a few other other things, because there's always stuff to talk about. There were some additions to the team. There's some fun news. Uh, the team signed safety Tony Jefferson. Crazy timing on this. They signed safety Tony Jefferson. I don't know if you remember him, but uh, played for the Cardinals for about four years, played with the safety for a few years, was pretty darn good, like a really solid safety. And then he tore his ACL in 2019. They ended up signing him Monday morning, and then Tarverius Moore ruptures his Achilles like four hours later on in the day. Uh, so literally within hours of them signing Tony Jefferson. Yeah, pretty crazy. So he will now be competing for one of these safety positions. One thing that I am real that I really like is it seems like we have a very, very, very deep safety group. Just off the top of my head, I think we've got like eight safeties that are competing for probably four, maybe five spots, depending on how they decide to go. Obviously, you have the starter, Jimmy Ward. Joukowsky Tart's back on a one-year deal. He's probably going to be the starting strong safety. Behind them, you've got Marcel Harris. So he is still on the team. He's served as the backup strong safety for a couple seasons. After that, you've just got Tony Jefferson. He's just signed. Behind them, you've also got the second-year player, Jared Maiden, who was an undrafted guy, I believe, last year. Uh, I'm trying to remember, but they signed another veteran safety. So just off the top of my head, we've got – that's like five or six safeties. And I know there's one or two that I'm forgetting the names on. So we are – Oh, yeah, uh, the rookie. We drafted that guy, Talanoa, Hafunga. So, boom, right there. That's like six or seven guys competing for four or five spots. So, very, very deep at the safety position. It almost makes me wonder a little bit if they might, because I don't really like the linebacker group, and from what I've heard, it sounds like this is going to be a faster, more attacking defense. 
I wonder if that means we might have more three safety packages or just play more safeties instead of linebackers. Because beyond Fred Warner, like obviously Fred Warner is super elite, like best linebacker in the NFL. You could maybe argue one or two other guys are as good as him, but Fred Warner, amazing. Dre Greenlaw, solid, had a really good rookie season, took a step back a little bit last year, but still really like him. Really good athlete, just needs to improve a bit in coverage. Really good tackler. But beyond that, there's not really anything that I would say I trust in the linebacking core. We picked up James Burgess. Uh, we picked up Nathan Jerry. So a couple of veterans, kind of like run-stopping guys. Not super great, bounced around, but, you know, solid. And then we've got Aziz Al-Shair. We've got Demetrius Flanagan-Foles. I don't know if I really trust any of those guys. And I'm curious if they might decide to add an additional safety. So have an additional safety spot, take over one of the linebacker spots. So maybe instead of going with like five linebackers and four safeties, you reverse that. You go like four linebackers with like uh, five safeties, especially because some of the safeties that they have are almost linebackers. Like Demetrius Fanningen fouls. He was a safety. He's only like 220, like 215, 220. So he's almost built like a, a, a box safety. Talano Hafunga, he's basically a box safety or a hybrid linebacker type. You've legitimately got like three, four of those kind of safety linebacker hybrid players. So I'm wondering if they might do a little bit more of that. Anyways, though, they signed Tony Jefferson. I'm excited because he was a really darn good player. Before he tore his ACL, he's had a year and a half to recover. It'll be almost two years when the season starts. So he should be fully healed. And if he's got something left in the tank, he was really talented. He could legitimately compete for one of those safety positions. I don't know if he's necessarily a starter. Like, I don't think he's going to beat out Tart. You never know. But I think he could legitimately compete for that third spot, especially now that Timor is out for the year. In order to make room for that, they did release a corner, Brian Bodie Calhoun. You never heard of him. He wasn't going to make the team. Good luck elsewhere, Mr. Bodie Calhoun. Some updates on Kevin Givens, our defensive lineman, who's flashed a couple times over the last season or two. He had some legal issues going on earlier in the year. And he had them dismissed. I don't want to go too much into it. If you want, do your own research, look into it. But basically, it sounds like everything's dismissed. He's all good to go. So he no longer has that kind of cloud over his head. It's no longer a question mark on the Niners defensive line. We're now legitimately 10 deep on the defensive line. And I'm pumped about that because our D line looks good. Like... If our starters don't crush your face in, our backups are arguably starters on half the teams in the NFL. So we will be pass rushing the crap out of people, and that is awesome. So good news on Kevin Givens. He's kind of, I think he's more of like that three tech kind of undersized interior pass rusher. And I'm going to, it's going to, I'm excited to go through the position groups, like really excited because our defensive line is so interesting. 
we're so deep at basically every position and we have so many different body types, but also like specific types. Like we have our really big, like nose tackle one tech guys, like our Javon Kinlaw, our DJ Jones. Now we've got Zach Kerr. We've got our like three tech kind of like shifty interior three tech guys. So we've got Kevin Givens. We've got Maurice Hurst. You've got Eric Armstead who could play either one of those. He also plays big end. You've got Bosa on the edge. Now you've got obviously Bosa coming back, but potentially D Ford. Shanahan said he's crossing his fingers that Ford plays and he's good to go for training camp. But think about this, like this, even just the speed edge players, you've got Bosa, D Ford, Samson, Ebukam, Jordan Willis, uh, Arden Key, like that's four or five off the edge. And then you start rotating in those interior guys. Whoo, it's awesome. I can't wait to see what this defensive line is like. This defensive line, now we're, we will not have Bosa and D, or no, never mind, we won't have Buckner. And D Ford's probably not going to contribute, but with how deep we are, this could be as good as the 2019 D line. I, I legitimately believe that, especially if Bosa comes back hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Some other things, the 49ers did announce that they're going to be staying on the East coast between week one and two. So they've got those back-to-back East coast games. It always makes sense to do it when you can stay on the East coast, stay in that time zone, no point in dealing with two additional flights across the country. You just stay over there. Just do it. Make it an extended stay. And they're going to be staying at the Greenbrier, that really nice place in West Virginia. That, it's that really nice resort with the really great practice facility and those beautiful grass fields. And then you can just kind of jam out with the West Virginia song. Country roads, take me home. 49ers in West Virginia. Yeah, I can't sing that well anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's going to be good. Good news. Next thing, there was a tiny bit of controversy, but really I think it's nothing. Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, unless you're partying with George Kittle. George Kittle was partying it up in Vegas a few days ago. They had a three-day weekend. And Trey Lance was seen in the background walking, wearing sunglasses. How dare you be in Vegas wearing sunglasses, walking next to George Kittle at a, I don't know if they were at a party or walking, but how dare you? Yeah, there was like some shenanigans over the internet and everything. And it's like, do you really care? Like he wasn't pounding shots. He wasn't acting a fool. It was just George Kittle saying like, woo, we're hanging out. It's George Kittle hanging out. He's got uh, Travis Kelsey there. And then you just, Trey Lance is like walking by. He just walked by. He wasn't like wasted, falling over, taking shots. He just walked by. He had sunglasses on. He's probably having a good time. You know what? It's team bonding. I'm all for it. As long as he's not being stupid and getting caught on camera, acting like <coughs> Mac Jones, you know, that's good. And Trey seems like a really sharp kid. He seems extremely, the reason why they picked him, obviously the physical traits, but he's everything we've heard and everything that I've seen and I've heard from Trey, 
he is a really smart, really mature kid. I don't think he's going to be doing dumb stuff. So as long as he doesn't do anything, my concern level is zero. And the last little bit of news that I'm going to cover today is Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to play? Is he going to be a Green Bay Packer? He didn't show up to mandatory minicamp. Do you know what mandatory means? means he got to be there. I don't know if he's going to get fined, but he could be. They could find Aaron Rodgers like $92,000. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers doesn't care about $92,000. He's probably worth like $100 million, and he probably like pisses $100,000 away in the morning if he wanted to. But he really seems to be saying in his patented Aaron Rodgers passive-aggressive way that he doesn't want to play in Green Bay and he's not going to show up. Maybe he gets traded. If he does get traded, the one spot that I think would be the perfect landing spot for him, and I say this for two reasons. Number one, because we wouldn't need to face him. Number two, just because it would make this team a legitimate contender and that would just shake things up and make it really fun. Broncos. Broncos have some really good receivers. They have a pretty good all-around team, really talented defense, really good coach. They have just had terrible quarterbacks ever since Peyton Manning retired. And even when, even the final year of Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning wasn't good. That defense was a top defense, and that's why they won. Peyton Manning had his arm glued on, and he was able to win his Super Bowl and ride off into the sunset. And good for him. Everybody loves Peyton Manning. He's just, he's a cool guy. His commercials make me laugh. Great charisma. Awesome dude. He got a chance to ride off into the sunset. And then the Broncos quarterbacks have been a pile of stinky, dirty trash. And that's what they've been dealing with. But they've got a really good team. If Aaron Rodgers went to the Broncos... That would make that a really fun team to watch. And he's in the AFC, so we don't have to deal with it. We don't have to play him in the playoffs. And he's going to have to go against Aaron Rodgers twice a season. Or, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to go against Patrick Mahomes twice a year. So they got to, you know, hurt each other with wins and losses. So win-win, you know. You don't have to face Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes hopefully loses to Aaron Rodgers or vice versa. Either way, if they both lose, that's even better. And uh, yeah, it would also make for really fun football to watch that is of no consequence to us. So I'm all for it. I think that'd be great. And we wouldn't have to play Aaron Rodgers week three. And we would probably not have to play the Packers in the playoffs because the Packers... Without Aaron Rodgers, they I don't think they're a playoff team. They're, they're solid. They have a good roster, but they're very top-heavy. And without Rodgers, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. So we will see. It's going to be really fun to watch this whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Uh, I'm going to quickly go over some reports that we got from what little OTAs we saw. So if, any, if you haven't heard yet, these are just some of the accumulated reports from a few different reporters who had a chance to watch what little OTAs we were allowed to watch over the last two weeks. So what we saw, quarterbacks, Trey looks good. He looks good. He's making really impressive throws. He's throwing 40-yard bullets. 
Uh, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. The other good thing is he seems to be making improvements and learning very quickly. What I heard was there is a no, there was a noticeable improvement between rookie minicamp and OTAs. And that was only like two, three weeks. So it sounds like they introduced him a rookie minicamp. They said, here's a playbook, learn this section and practice this. And then he went away a couple weeks later, comes back, OTAs, learn this, worked on that, noticeably better. Dude, if you're making noticeable improvements week by week in the offseason, that is very good. He could legitimately be competing with Garoppolo for the starting job pretty darn soon. I still think and believe that Jimmy's going to be the starter week one. But if this continues with how impressive Trey supposedly looks again this is all like may and june so really it doesn't count but if he continues on this trajectory he could be competing with garoppolo sooner than later who knows maybe we see trey before like mid-season maybe it legitimately does happen at the bye week i think that that might be a little early just because the bye is week six you know you're only five games into the season you're making the switch I think, to me personally, I think the perfect spot is, I want to say, week 11 when they go and face the Jaguars because then it's basically a month and a half of terrible defenses. And that would be the perfect time to start. But if he's doing that well, if he's playing as good as Jimmy, you may as well put him in, you know? If he's legitimately playing as well as Jimmy, put him in. That's why you spent three first-round picks. I don't want him in too early to where it hurts his development or, you know, he's not ready. But if he's if he looks as good as Jimmy, like, why not? Just do it. Make the switch. Get him the experience. That's the whole reason you went and got him. So, yeah, Trey looks good. Jimmy also looks good. Jimmy apparently looks really good. Obviously, we know Jimmy looks good. Handsome fella. But... He looks like a confident veteran. From what I've heard, it sounds like every time they're out there throwing passes, Jimmy is making like 90 to 100% of his passes. So he doesn't miss. That's good. So Jimmy's looking awesome. He looks stronger, more bulked up. He looks in great shape. He's tan. He's handsome. Yeah, that's all good news. Jimmy, and the other thing is, Jimmy is fighting for his career. He knows that if he loses out to Trey, that could mean the end of his, like, quote-unquote, like, starter career, where he's a legitimate starter in the league. He could then be kind of put into that, like, backup category, you know, like the Andy Daltons, where it's like, hey, you're good, but we're not really going to pay you starter money because we want somebody else. So here's, like... Here's like eight or 10 million when the starters are making, even the low end starters now are making 25 grand or 25 million. So Jimmy's playing for his career. He's playing for his reputation. He is playing as an audition for the entire league for a potential trade. But apparently Jimmy's locked in. He looks good. And that's good. Cause again, if Jimmy's, if Jimmy plays well, we win. It's a win-win-win. So if Trey plays well, that's awesome. If he beats out Jimmy, that's awesome. 
But if Jimmy's awesome, that's good too. It's all it's all good. Uh, a few guys who have been standing out on the receiver side of things, and there were a lot of little injuries, nothing too serious, but there was a lot of guys out with injuries, taking rest days, mostly just little strains. Other than the big injuries we've had of the Jeff Wilson meniscus, the Timor Achilles, and the ACL to school, other than that, it sounds like there are no other injuries that are going to stop anyone from being at training camp. So that's good news. But there were a lot of guys that were held out for a practice or two just as a precaution. And apparently during that time, Jawan Jennings and Mohamed Sanu have been really standing out in practice. So Jawan Jennings, we drafted him last year in the seventh round. He ended up getting cut, put on the practice squad, had an injury. They thought he was going to come in. Didn't really. But apparently he is looking really good out there. He's been making plays. He's been playing starter snaps. He's been playing as a starting slot receiver. So there's a reportedly, and I haven't seen these because you know how hard it is to get film on these camps at these practices, but apparently Jawan Jennings has beat Quan Williams multiple times. Like there's two or three impressive catches. All reports are Jawan Jennings has looked really good throughout all of what we've seen at OTAs. Same thing with Muhammad Sanu. I don't know what to think about Mohamed Sanu because he was on the team last year. Mohamed Sanu has had quite a career. He was never like the number one guy, but he was always like a really good number two, number three receiver. A few years with the Bengals, really, really good. Then he was with the Falcons. Again, pretty solid number two, number three receiver. Got traded to the Patriots. Did okay, but the Patriots were just trash that year anyways. And then last year, uh, he got cut by the Patriots. We picked him up, kept him on the team for like three weeks, and then cut him again. So I don't know. Maybe he's got a little bit of that chip on his shoulder, and he's going to pull out some like veteran savvy moves, but he's been crushing it at camp. So there's a lot of competition at that wide receiver position, which is a good thing because we don't have a clear number three, but it sounds like there's a couple guys who are starting to stand out in Jawan Jennings and Muhammad Sanu. And then the other thing is just visibly, there's a few guys that just look different this year in, in a really good way. So especially young guys, the two of them, second year players. So wide receiver Jawan Jennings and running back Jamichael Hasty. Apparently they look visibly, noticeably, physically in just a lot better shape trying to not use the same words, but you know what I mean? Like they look really good and bulked up and jacked this year. And you know, a full off season with an NFL training staff after dealing with all the craziness of last year's rookie, not really off season, off season that was so crazy. Those two guys, apparently they've transformed their bodies and they look a lot better. And that's a good thing because hasty he's now competing for that fourth or fifth running back position Jennings he's trying to compete to be one of those starters or like you know your your first guy off the bench and the other one is tight end Ross Dwelly apparently he's put on a few pounds because he looks thicker and like in a strong way I wouldn't say that he's like jacked but he looks he looks bigger like he looks like he probably put on 10 pounds of muscle and again I'm all for it these are all good things. 
So we started out with some bad news, but it's mostly good news after that. How are we doing on time? 30 minutes. All right, cool. I'm going to finish up talking about Chris Sims and Chris Sims quarterback rankings. As you probably know, Chris Sims, Kyle Shanahan's BFF, former NFL backup quarterback, played for a couple of years. Now he's a podcaster, TV announcer, host, all that good stuff. Every year he does his list of his top 40. He does one preseason and he does one postseason. So he's started doing that. I think he's about down to like his top 10 at this point. But where did he rank the two 49ers quarterbacks? Well, Jimmy G. Jimmy G, he put at quarterback, drum roll, 21. So 21. So starter, but not really all that great. Probably looks like he's going to get moved on from probably system dependent kind of ranking there. This is actually kind of interesting because it's the second year in a row that he's had Jimmy at 21. I think that Jimmy is better than that. I think that Jimmy is a good starter. He did say that a lot of it came down to the injury thing because the best ability is availability. And if you are counting availability, Jimmy takes a significant knock. He's had three injuries that have cut his playing time. He's missed like 20 games in the last three seasons. So he's missed a lot of time. Talent-wise, I think he's better than 21. I think that if Jimmy was healthy, he would be in that kind of mid-tier good starter, like 12 to 16 range. Because there's definitely 10 quarterbacks that I would take over Jimmy Garoppolo, just being honest. And I like Jimmy. I was the biggest Jimmy believer, Jimmy fan. Jimmy don't break my heart. Then he broke my heart. But there's 10 guys that I would probably take over Jimmy. Just looking at a list, I'm sure. There's not 20. There's not 20 guys that I would take. And here's one exact example. He put Sam Darnold at 19. I'm sorry, but no. No. Sam Darnold is not better than Jimmy. That is, that is ridiculous blasphemy. If your problem with Jimmy Garoppolo is turnovers and injuries and lack of and not being available to play, Sam Darnold is just the younger version and the worser version of that. I know he hasn't had significant injuries, but he's never. Com- I don't think he's ever completed a full season, and he is so bad with turnovers, so bad. And here's the thing: is Jimmy's had some dumb, dumb turnovers. But you know what he always does after he throws one of those dumb interceptions to a linebacker? He crushes it. He goes back. He gets on the field. He's pissed off. He drives down and scores. I don't remember the exact stat, but I remember looking and it was like Jimmy Garoppolo's passing grade, the drive after throwing an interception. It was like 120 or 130. Like after Jimmy throws an idiot interception, he kills it. It's just like he has to get his one idiot throw out and then he's like all right now I can go play well and Jimmy wins games Sam Darnold I'm sorry no he fumbles he turns it over and on top of that he's just not good he doesn't win games he's not accurate 
Sure, he makes like one or two occasional wow throws per game, but like being quarterback, it's about consistency. And Jimmy has a bad play or two per game. Sam Darnold only has one or two or three good plays per game. And that's the difference. Maybe I'm just a Sam Darnold hater, but I've just never seen it. I know he can put up a highlight, but anybody can put up a highlight. The problem is he has one or two highlight throws a game, and then the rest of the game he's terrible. So, no. Jimmy needs to be firmly in the teens, bump Sam Darnold down. I would put him at like 26. But, hey, it's Chris Sims list. It's all good. He said Jimmy does a lot of good things. Quick release, good in the pocket, good anticipation. He can flick it, and he's just physically limited. He's not going to elevate your offense, but in the right offense, he's going to execute it well. He's very much a system-dependent quarterback, but in the right system, he can execute a really good offense. I don't know if you remember, but the Niners almost won the Super Bowl, and they had like a top-three offense, and Jimmy was the quarterback, so... Yeah, I'm just going to put that there. And next is the rookie. So where did he put Trey Lance? Now, granted, he put most of the rookies lower. No, that's not true because he had a couple of them pretty high, which I got to call BS right away because they haven't played. So he should have all the rookies as like below starters until they prove something. Now, his whole thing is that, like, you know, where I rank them is if I was just picking a quarterback right now, money wasn't an option, none of that matter, just who am I picking to play this season? This is my ranking. Fair enough, but Trey Lance is at 38. Really? Really? Like, I think that's a bit low because Trey Lance played – really damn good football in 2019. Like you don't score 42 touchdowns to zero interceptions unless you're like really, really, really good. And when he went 28 passing touchdowns to zero interceptions and another 14 rushing touchdowns, I'm sorry, but like, what's, why are you so low on him? He put, and here's the thing, is Chris Sims has opinions and he makes his case. Love him or hate him, I disagree with him on a bit, but I do like hearing other people's opinions and takes, and I learn from them. I think it's good to learn and hear opinions, even if you disagree. But he had Kellen Mond higher. Chris Sims is the only person I know of who put Kellen Mond higher than Trey Lance. And not only that, but he had Kellen Mond higher than Justin Fields. So take that as you will with a grain of salt. He did say super strong arm, loves the upside. And he thinks that whenever Trey Lance does come in and play, it is going to open up the offense and stress defenses out because now you have to play 11 on 11 and he's got a rocket of an arm. You no longer have to play against Jimmy G, who's solid in the pocket, but is typically like a midfield thrower. 
you know, he, he throws short, he throws intermediate inside the numbers. He typically doesn't push the ball far and outside the numbers. So you're basically guarding the middle intermediate immediate area of the field, which is why the Niners face so many stacked boxes. But you get Trey in there. Trey can hurl a ball 50 yards, no problem. I was watching some film on Trey a couple days ago. He just goes back there and, like, off-platform, just 55 yards on a dime. Touchdown. How, how are you going to defend that? Especially when the kid can run like he runs and he has the pocket presence and awareness. He never takes sacks. He never throws interceptions. He can run. He's really quick reading defenses. He's always got his head on a swivel, super aware, and he's got a cannon. I'm really hoping that Trey Lance is the real deal, but the more I watch and the more I learn, the more I believe. And that's not just me being a homer. That's me really trying to understand, watch, scout, listen from a lot of different people. Trey might be at 38 on his list now, but if he ends up playing some this year, I could definitely see Trey Lance making it into the 20s or teens on low 20s, maybe even teens on his end of the year or next season list. So we will see. His his main concern was just inconsistent mechanics and accuracy. Fair enough. Trey Lance was not the most accurate. But again, we're talking film from two years ago. And he has been working a lot with some of the top NFL quarterbacks in the country. And he's as soon as they found out that he was not going to have a season, he was like, cool, focusing on the draft, getting a professional quarterback coach. And he's been working on that stuff. And apparently he looks good. So let's finish it up next time. I'm going to put this one out tonight. I believe it's Thursday night. I'm probably going to have another podcast up in like one or two days. So pretty much back to back, mostly because yesterday Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniels met with the media. So I've had a chance to watch Kyle Shanahan's interview presser. It was about 20 something minutes. I haven't had a chance to watch McDaniels. I'm going to rewatch both of those, get some notes, get some highlights. So we'll cover all that next time. Uh, also PFF has been putting out a whole lot of positional rankings for different position groups. And I wanted to go over where the Niners rank on those. Cause I think they're interesting again with PFF, you know, love PFF, hate PFF. I, I do think that there's just so much value in getting different opinions, different perspectives. Again, just because you agree or don't agree doesn't mean you can't learn or they don't have a valid point. So I'm sure I'm going to disagree on a couple of these things, but it's always good to have perspective and be open-minded to see if you can learn and improve. After that, yeah, I mean, like I said, nothing's going to be happening for about the next month and a half. So we got a whole bunch of dead space. So there's going to be a whole lot of filler news, probably a whole bunch of like reacting to articles, reacting to rankings. And one thing I'm really excited to do is go position group by position group of the entire team and just talk through who we think is going to make the team starters, backups, breakout players, camp battles, and all that kind of good stuff. So good things coming up. Good things to look ahead to. So Timor school, get healthy, rest up, get a hundred percent. 
We're going to have dead time for the next month and a half, but we will not be short for content. So appreciate you for listening. Have a fantastic morning, day, evening, whatever time it is for you. I hope it's a good time and I'll catch you soon. Talk to you later.